No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today, we see where the tribe of Judah receives their designated allotment in the promised land, and the elderly Caleb drives out the giants to gain his inheritance. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Joshua chapter 15 on Simply the Bible. Having conquered the promised land, Joshua now divides the land to the nine and a half tribes living on the west side of the Jordan River. He begins with Judah. We pick it up in Joshua chapter 15. So this was the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah, according to their families. We are in the section of scripture where Joshua divides the land by lot to the children of Israel on the west side of the Jordan River. This continues all the way through chapter 19. The Lord gave instructions for how this was to be done back in Numbers chapter 33, verse 54. You must distribute the land among the clans by sacred lot and in proportion to their size. A larger portion of land will be allotted to each of the larger clans, and a smaller portion will be allotted to each of the smaller clans. The decision of the sacred lot is final. In this way, the portions of land will be divided among your ancestral tribes. I have only one other sibling. My sister is 12 years older than me. Therefore, we did not experience the competition that siblings who are close in age often experience. However, I heard one parent say that when dividing a piece of cake between their two children, one child would cut the cake and the other would have the first choice. Now that's wisdom. And you can be sure that the cake was cut in two with great care. In a similar way, God devised a fair system for apportioning the land. The larger tribes would receive a larger portion, and the smaller tribes would receive a smaller portion. But within these large and small portions, the tribes were granted their inheritance by lot, guaranteeing impartiality, and that God was the ultimate giver of each tribe's allotment. In the New Testament, we are told that The Holy Spirit is the one who gives spiritual gifts to believers as he determines. Now, verses 2 through 12 describe the borders of the tribe of Judah. This really isn't very interesting reading, and many of the places named don't even exist anymore. As I've said earlier, your best bet is to look at a Bible map that shows the division of the promised land contact me by going to our website at calvarytv.org and I'll be happy to email one to you that you can print up. Judah was the southernmost tribe and was given the largest portion of land. You might say that he had the kingly portion since he was the kingly tribe. The Mediterranean Sea was its western border and the Dead Sea its eastern border. The southern region was known as the Negev. It extended south as far as Kadesh Barnea and the brook of Egypt leading up to the Mediterranean Sea. Jerusalem and the northern coast of the Dead Sea were at the northern border. 
Verse 13. Now to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a share among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, namely Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron. Arba was the father of Anak. Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak from there, Shishai, Ahiman, and Talmai, the children of Anak. Then he went up from there to the inhabitants of Deber. Formerly the name of Deber was Kirjath Sefer. Now in the previous chapter, we saw that Caleb went to Joshua and requested this area of Hebron where the sons of Anak, the race of giants, lived. And Caleb, though he was 85 years old, said, I'm just as strong now as I was 40 years ago when we saw this land and spied it out. So give it to me as Moses had promised it to me. And Joshua, of course, gave it to him, but he still had to go and occupy it, which meant that he had to go to war against these giants that live there. You see, it's one thing to be given something. It's something else to actually go and take possession of it, which can mean, certainly, battles involved. Now, it doesn't say that he killed the giants, but he drove them out of Kirjath Arba, which was Hebron. Likewise, we can't destroy the devil, but we can drive him out. The Bible says in James 4, 7, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So it is as we humbly submit to God and obey his commandments and resist temptation, resist the devil, he will finally flee from you. We also see that not only did Caleb get Hebron for himself, but he also went up to Deber and helped his neighbors. Caleb was just a warrior that wanted to help those around him. Philippians 2.4 says, Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Verse 16, And Caleb said, He who attacks kirjath Sefer and takes it, to him I will give Aksa my daughter as wife. So Athnael, the son of Kenez, the brother of Caleb, took it, and he gave him Aksa, his daughter, as wife. Now I love this because it shows that Caleb was not a glory hog. He was looking forward to actually helping train up the next generation. And he realized that there were other people that needed to be involved with this. You know, it's good for us to recognize those that God is raising up around us who are talented and who are going to be part of leading the next generation and to give them opportunity. In this case, Caleb probably had his eye on Athnael for quite some time. I would imagine that Athnael, who happened to be the nephew of Caleb, was sweet on Caleb's daughter probably for some time, and dads tend to notice these things. So he gave him opportunity to go up and take the city of kirjath Sefer, and if he did, then he would win the hand of Caleb's daughter in marriage. For Caleb, this accomplished two things. It brought about the defeat of kirjath Sefer. And it also guaranteed Caleb that a worthy man was going to marry his daughter. And we can be sure that if Athnael had his eye on Aksa, then he fought very hard to take that city. Verse 18. Now it was so when she came to him that she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. So she dismounted from her donkey and Caleb said to her, What do you wish? She answered, Give me a blessing, since you have given me 
land in the south, give me also springs of water. So he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. Now Aksa had been agreeable to her father's plan to marry Othniel, but she also wanted a field along with accompanying springs. So she went to her new husband and persuaded him to ask her father for a field. Now we see in this a good desire, and there's nothing wrong with that. She knew her father well and was counting on his generosity. But we also see that she didn't go about this on her own. She persuaded her husband. They cooperated together, which is always the best way to go about decision-making in a marriage. Somehow, it was determined that she should be the one to make the request of her father. So when Caleb asked her, what do you wish? She said, give me a blessing. Since you have given me land in the south, give me also springs of water. So he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. Now this was a bold request, but it was based upon her knowledge of her father and also that it was something that she would need. If they had the field, they would need springs with the field. But notice here that Caleb not only gave her what she asked for, she just asked for springs. He gave her both the upper and the lower springs. How like our Heavenly Father this is. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, Everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you, sinful people, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Jesus encourages us to ask our Heavenly Father and keep asking for good gifts. In verses 20 through 62, over a hundred cities are named that belong to Judah. Then in verse 63, we read, As for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Judah could not drive them out. But the Jebusites dwell with the children of Judah at Jerusalem to this day. They wouldn't drive out the Jebusites from Jerusalem until the time of David. Now, this was a great failure of Israel in conquering the promised land because they did not completely destroy the inhabitants of the land as the Lord commanded them. And it was true in tribe after tribe, as we shall see. This was a compromise. And compromise with evil never pays off. In the future, these peoples would either be a snare to Israel by leading them into idolatry, or else they would wreak havoc by attacking and often destroying the cities and farms of the Israelites. Likewise, we have a constant enemy of our own flesh with which we must contend. Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. If we make a pact with our flesh, we can be sure it will rise up to be a snare to us, defeat us, 
or even destroy us. Romans 8.13 says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Areas of our flesh may be like the Jebusites in the stronghold of Jerusalem. They are stubborn and fight hard to keep from being put to death. Tragically, many Christians give up too soon, letting these areas of the flesh survive rather than crucifying them. They think they can be a Christian and still live with them. Now that may or may not be true, but I can promise you that you would be far better off to utterly destroy them so that they can never again be a snare to you or others. Can you really do that? You can if you believe God's word and rely upon the Holy Spirit to help you. But you must first resolve in your heart that you can't live with those Jebusites and get rid of them. There are so many wonderful lessons in this passage of Scripture as we see Joshua and the children of Israel conquering the land and giving it to the people as God's inheritance to them. May we fight the good fight to receive all that God has portioned for us, for He is a good God. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next week, we'll see where Joshua divides the land on the west side of the Jordan, but receives complaints that it's not enough. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Joshua on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.